On this week's show, we look back at all the weekend's Pro 14 action, which is basically just Leinster winning again. Fla falls in love with Eddie O'Sullivan, having known him for 15 years and denied that he's dead on. Eventually, he discovers he's signed. Trimby reveals a deep, dark secret of a salacious rumour he started about Mick O'Driscoll back in Irish camp. And we pick our underrated 15s. Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Bit of an odd weekend, Trimby. Uh, the Guinness Pro 14 was back for just one round of games before we launched back into the Champions Cup next weekend. And it was three out of four wins for the Irish provinces. Monster, the only blipping moment on Friday night against Edinburgh down in Cork. But despite that, the four Irish provinces still hold the top spots in Group A and B, which is brilliant for Irish rugby, considering how bad the World Cup was. But we won't mention that. Don't mention the World Cup. Don't mention it again. Don't. No, let's forget about it. Um, you were doing co comms, I heard you. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Oh, you can hear me on AirSport. Is that, is that the way it works? Uh, I, was, I was in England. Oh, right. So okay. I was listening over there. Okay. And uh, you're, you're bringing your voice up and down and stuff like that. And, oh. Yeah. Oh, a, really? A bit of animation. Really? Very dramatic. Yeah, it's good. Sean Holly's very good. Robo was in good form. Mm. Um, Sean Holly's a lovely fellow. I met him in uh, Swansea last week. Great fellow. Yeah. He was, he's was been a bit coy because he was asked quite a lot. I think he's fed up with talking about Ospreys losing Alan Clark. Mm. Not completely official yet, but mm. he's still technically employed by Ospreys, but not in control of the first team for the game of the weekend. And then they get hammered by, or beat by Cheetahs again. But anyway, Sean Holly's fed up talking about it because everybody keeps saying, well, any chance, you, any chance of you getting the gig, they reckon? All right. Well, that's what they're saying. He was kind of like, not ruling it out, but uh, I don't know, I don't know. Like, okay. Yeah, but anyway, that's the that's the that's the chat. Sean Holly's fed up. I think just fielding questions about it. But love the guy. Rubble was in good form. Typical. He made some uh, some quip about because um, it was Black Friday. He called your man Price half price. What was it? What was his name again? Full price. Full price. Half price. Half price. <laughs> <laughs> Full price is his name. I didn't yeah. Think yeah. That. Wow. yeah. So Robbo was in good form. He talked about uh, was it Haranordiki or someone or Yeshvili killing a pigeon with a with a box kick. Oh yeah. Were you listening to that? Yeah, no, not that really, rings a bell. Really? No, I heard, yeah. With us? Yeah. Oh, that rings a bell. I was daydreaming quite a bit. Oh, there you <laughs> go. The game, yeah. Yeah. I think it was that game anyway. Uh, there was at one stage he he went, um, Andrew like, <laughs> 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 Stop me out of a daydream. <laughs> and you're like, You're very welcome to Baz and Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly think though, um, I actually I felt more comfortable uh, in the role in the role as co-coms because in the past it took me a while to get up to speed with it but I felt more comfortable on Friday there because genuinely I wasn't wasn't thinking too much mm. I think if you overthink it then you end up like trying to be too articulate trying to be you know a wee bit a wee bit fake mm. and then sometimes there's been in the past where I've been like think think and, you know the worst thing for any kind of creativity is yeah. to go when think of something head, yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed just daydreaming a little bit more. Because in the past, I always thought, as co-coms, you should just be watching the game and having a conversation. Mm. That's what Nick Mullen said to me after um, the BT game week before. Let's just have a conversation. I was like, that really stuck with me. I think that's quite mm. a nice piece of advice. So don't overthink. Just try and pick up on things or try and observe. But... Great. It was a good match to commentate on as well. I really enjoyed it. It was the second half dried up quite a bit. It did. It did. did. But yeah, early on it was great. Yeah. Um, a few big performances from Ulster. Cool. We'll get into that when Flag it's on. Yeah. But my kids went to visit um, Santa on Friday night and I missed that because I was at the game. Oh, no. But Santa was um, Anna's dad, their granddad, obviously. <laughs> In the shopping centre? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Why? So there was a wee um, community thing put on and he was asked to be Santa. And uh, Jack walked up with Molly, and uh, Jack got like anywhere near him. Apparently, and just went, "That's Granda." <laughs> <laughs> Called him straight away. He's four years old. And he knows there's no such thing as Santa. Uh, oh, does, does he? No. Hey, hey, we've got. Some no, no. Yeah, just gonna be. We bleep that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just put in a is such thing as Santa. <laughs> Um, is it was it a terrible set out? It was like I just imagine apparently it was a not and hanging down and apparently not. Uh, it was uh, Anna's mum was telling me the story. 
she said genuinely it was quite it was a decent outfit like it was a decent attempt the thing that might have given it away was he's um he's french he's been living in um belfast for like 35 years or something and he still speaks with a really thick french accent yeah. <laughs> and he i think then he had to do the countdown from 10 to switch on the lights okay as well but that was a bit of a giveaway, giveaway. i mean absolutely <laughs> yeah but, but i think it was before that he jack just went that's uh, that's grander there my dad is santa and limerick uh-huh. in the uh, Dunn Stores, uh, new, incredible Dunn Stores at uh, uh-huh. the Jetland Centre in in, uh, in uh, Cardavon or something. Did Make the Baby call it? Make the Baby hasn't been brought yet. We're bringing him <laughs> next week. Uh, my dad did send our family a WhatsApp group a message this morning, a picture of him in bed with my mother dressed as Santa uh, <laughs> going... <laughs> <laughs> Santa delivered an early Christmas present to Santa Terry this morning, uh, which was quite disturbing. My sister was like, I'm, I'm going to counselling tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to bring the, the kids to him or, yeah. to an, or to anyone out there. Go to see Mick the Santa. Yeah. In the Make the Grand Santa. Make the Grand Santa. And then Rory got his um, <clears throat> final, final, final farewell mm-hmm. at the Millennium Stadium. High-fived everyone on the team on his way off. He did. Uh, you didn't see, um, there was someone put up on Instagram, uh, there were three of the Kiwis that were in the team did a haka, like as a tribute to him or whatever it was. Where? Uh, in the changing room, I, I assume it was after the game, might okay. have been before actually, he was in his polo, but he's <laughs> just standing there awkwardly. <laughs> he's like, I just wait till you're done, fellas. And they finished up, he's like, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Wow. We get on with it here. Yeah. What a way to finish, though, going on a little tour with them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're very nice. Kicking goals, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting it. given out to by Nigel Owens, which I loved. Um, I was in England for the weekend. We had a gig in London on Friday night, a gig in Liverpool on Saturday. And people have started shouting, uh, your name at me during gigs like where's Andrew Barry <laughs> like a song request or something <laughs> and I'm like I, I don't know where he is uh, oh wow isn't that weird yeah, yeah that is weird it is where's weird. Andrew where's Andrew Barry <laughs> like well now that you mention it like you yeah. get guest appearance yeah. dance across the stage well I'm still waiting for my opportunity to make a guest appearance yeah we might um, we'll get you out in Belfast in a few weeks yeah yeah I'm keen. Um, I need to get a bit of work done. Um, yeah. I need to get need to practice. Get the yeah. yeah. When you were in the UK at the weekend, mm-hmm. um, uh, did you get the chance to um, taste any Cadbury's chocolate? This has been brought to my attention recently, and I've just tra- tested it this morning. I got a, a whole nut on the way here from the train station. Mexican. <laughs> someone said to me, Mexican chocolate, Mexican um, Cadbury's is nowhere near the same as Northern Irish Cadbury's. And they're right, it tastes like dog turd. Mexican? Yeah, uh, yeah, down south, that's what we, we call you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because we're, this, we're obviously in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> I'll happily be Mexican if you can be yeah. USA or you want, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. I feel stupid now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, try it. It's, it's, I, it's I, better. Ours is better. No, right? it's worse. It's way better up north. Nah. It is. Try it. Anyway, we'll not go on about it, but okay. try it. I will. Bring some next week. Okay. Um, all right, well, we get Flan. We've got a good bit to talk about. Uh, we've got Pro 14 action and then the Champions Cup coming up next weekend and uh, some other bits and bobs happening in the world of rugby. So we'll take a quick break and get Jerry on. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Fla, you're very welcome to the show. Uh, did you have a good weekend? You were very busy. You did three or four games with Air Sport? Three. Three, three games. games, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was very good. I did the Munster-Edinburgh game on Friday night down Norris Independent Park with Dunica, Strings and Tommy. And that was different, very different, because when we did the World Cup games, Tommy was really, really serious and really, really sweaty. And then for, for the Pro 14, then it was like they were just so relaxed and they were just having a laugh himself and Dunica. And I was like, what's going on here? And they were like, oh, it's just way, way more relaxed for the Pro 14. And then I was doing, I was doing the... Glasgow and Leinster game and the Connacht and Kings game in with Air Sport from the studio on the Saturday night. I was doing that with Eddie. Eddie Your new BFF. Well, I, you've I, hit it off. I, I I hadn't spoken to him really properly. I met him once during the Churchill Cup when he was coaching the <coughs> coaching the USA. So I was there to I was there to the lads going. Oh, I'm, I'm working with Eddie tomorrow. And I said he's a great laugh. I went up, man, and I had such a laugh with him, man. He was so sound, and I was like off air then like I'd be picking his brain asking about coaching and stuff like that and he was 
it was so weird to be like, you know, it's like, you know, when you were in school and you have a teacher and you see the teacher as one way and you're like, that teacher is just that way all the time. And then when you, when I met him then, I was like, I had a great laugh off him, man. We spoke last week about the great debate that was going on uh, in Joe Dottie last Thursday night and he was up against you and McKenna yeah. talking about the Irish rugby team being celebrity losers. Losers. I think, was any of that released? Any of the footage I saw, Pat, you were at it, were you? Yeah, the, no, nothing, nothing yet. There were tiny little clips on social media, but um, Eddie O'Sullivan was brilliant. Was he? That, that was the best one of the night now. Um, he was uh, unbelievably, the crowd were loving him as well. Like, And uh, he just, like, you mechanic came out and made a brilliant start. He started talking about uh, how Ireland are like little Timmy O'Toole, uh, who got lost, you know, fell down the, the well. Simpsons, and yeah. yeah, and then Homer's like, what a hero. Yeah. And then he's like, well, why is he here? I was like, well, because he fell down a well. Like yeah. he, said, <laughs> he said, Ireland, they're like that. Uh, so that was a brilliant start from him. But then Eddie had him rattled after that. And he just speaking over him and shouting over him and uh, talking about fee-paying schools. And Eddie had a big list of, you know, he didn't go to, he didn't go to a fee-paying school. He didn't. And he started listing out around 12 or 13 of the squad that didn't go to fee-paying schools. And, uh, and then he was just saying... Um, you kind of was like, oh, all these brave losers. And then Eddie's like, yeah, you can be brave. You can be brave and lose. You can be brave and still lose. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. That was great. Leo uh, too. But uh, he did lose. It was yeah. a brave loss. Because I think the fans had to vote for who they thought the winner was going to be. And there was a, there was a, a big gag crowd there in the night. So uh, it was 58%, to 42%. But Eddie won. Yeah, Eddie lost. Oh, lost. Uh, brave. What? I thought brave. he said he was going. Heroic defeat. Uh, I thought it was going to be Eddie for president there. Mm. You, if Eddie was president, you could be his first husband. <laughs> I'd be first lady if he wants me to be. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care. I'll wear a dress. Went that well. You and Eddie should start a podcast. Maybe we Eddie should. Eddie House of Rugby. We did, uh, we did a little bit of the Jamie thing. Oh, when, yeah. when he came on first instead of talking, I started going... <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of left it go then because it just gets old. And they both, Or that's probably... RT will probably sue us if we do it because that's RT's <laughs> thing. But, uh, yeah, you talked to him about that? About the Jamie thing at all, or ah, briefly, like it's, I, I, I didn't know whether it was panto for the show or what. Like I, I just said, uh, I said, just when we said we, when we get on air now, remember I'm not Jamie, so it's not like we don't have to be banging heads here. If we disagree, we disagree. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, no worries. I was impressed, Pat, that, like, I like didn't didn't even know that you and McKenna could be a real human. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he pitched up and, and took Eddie on, I, have to, I admire that. That was good. He had a good intro. Where, yeah, you and McKenna came on and he just started throwing bags of Tato at everybody in the crowd. And everyone was like, yeah! <laughs> free just, to win. Tato. just to win over the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he knows us so well. Like, he's like, yeah, Tato, all right. That's um, hilarious. But yeah, he was good. He was good. Okay. Right, we'll start with the uh, Ulster Scarlets match in uh, Kingspan on Friday night. Trimby, you're there, so I'll uh, direct my first question to you. It's probably as good a first half, or at least first 20, 30 minutes, uh, that Ulster or any Irish side will, will put in uh, going forward. Um, some incredible performances in that first half as well. Treadwell, yeah. um, Treadwell Cooney, um, McCluskey had a, had a great Balakoon. Balakoon. Uh, Gilroy was good too. He was. Yeah. So... Out of that first forty, what was most impressive for you? Um, the I think I had, I've said the last few weeks, Bath away, Claremont at home, also looked like they were grinding out results and they were getting a lot of confidence from that. But they weren't quite cutting loose and their passes just weren't quite sticking. They stuck in the first half and they just wiped the floor with them four tries easy. Mm. Um, just a lot of intensity early on, a lot of nice little tip ons out the backs, find themselves in a lot of space, and then Scarlets just looked like they were. Rabbits in the headlights. Um, I thought physically, defensively, and with ball in hand as well. The one-off carries from for, uh, from Ulster were were really dynamic, really physical. I thought they were class. They dropped off in the second. It's very difficult at, at halftime to feel like you've already got your bonus point and mm. it's kind of job done. It's hard to come out. I always find that um, even personally, if I felt like I played well in, in the first half, I was like, I just wish the game was over now. Because you can only kind of, you know, you can only ruin a good performance. Mm. Whereas, and it looked like Ulster were kind of a little bit the same. They kicked on towards the end, the last five ten minutes. They started dominating again, but yeah, they were they were really good. Mm. Scottish were missing nine players for the, S- the 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 Welsh regions don't have a chance with the way it's been set up at yeah. the moment. Like yeah. everyone talks about like how 
you know, around Gatland saying like Gatland is so good at galvanising the players and bringing them up. But it's because the, the Welsh regions are, are so under under resourced, like the, the players they don't the fact that they haven't had their players, like what Alan Clark Alan Clark hasn't had a chance. Mm, like, yeah, it's a tough game. Yeah, like him, so it? obviously <clears throat> the injury the injury profile of of the squad was a disaster. But then not getting their best players back. What just, was the point of that game on Saturday, the Barbarians match? Read really, just I, to I say goodbye to Gatland, but you, it's you, also probably bringing in revenue into the into into the Welsh Rugby Union, but it's doing it like it's at a cost. Of the, it's crippling the, the, the yeah. regions, you know. Um, if I was Brad Moir, the the Scarlets coach, I'd be like, you know, what, what what chance do we have? And and the fact that that Ulster went strong again, like with Cooney, Kutzea, and uh, and, and McCluskey. You know, they're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're three key guys, I think. I thought that was unusual. I was surprised. <clears throat> I can see the logic actually mm-hmm. afterwards, but I thought, right, two big games last two weeks and then two big games back-to-back to Harlequins, I thought probably make a few changes. Ideally, um, could see you, maybe McCluskey, Cooney, those three, as you say, probably mm-hmm. get a rest. But McFarland's take on it was... Um, let's keep the momentum going. And someone like Marty Moore as well thought he mm. might have got a break, but he's only played maybe two or three games, to be fair, but he's so important as well. Mm. Having said that, Tom O'Toole came off the bench. Did you see him? Yeah. <laughs> he looked Exceptional. On mm. fire, yeah. Um, but yeah, that I was surprised by that. Um, well, I suppose with, with like similar with Connacht, like it's so important for them to, to win these these big uh, Pro 14 games. and I mean, they're in the top two. That's so important mm. for Ulster. And the way they managed it, like taking Cooney off after 45 minutes, taking Marty Moore off, uh, you know, resting those players yeah. as quickly as they could. Um, I, I think I, I just really backed them on doing that thing. Yeah. And the fact, obviously, the, the outcome that you're looking for is a win, bonus point win, but no injuries. And you could not be in a better position. Because like, as we've seen and we talked about the Premiership players, those guys play every single week um, at the top level. And, you know, maybe that's what it, these Irish players need as long yeah. as they're looked after during those games. <clears throat> and it's good to see, um, so Bill Johnson got a go as well. Mm-hmm. It's probably his first, he might have started one game before. Anyway, he hasn't, he's very inexperienced. He might have played actually for, for Munster if he hadn't moved up the road. Your man, um, Ben Healy. Ben mm-hmm. Healy getting a go. <laughs> ben Healy had a tough start, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I, did he get a, a bump? Did he get a knock in the warm up? Stephen Archer clipped him before the game because we were like, we were actually, because <laughs> we, we were obviously highlighting, you know, th- this is a guy who's getting his chance here. And then it just cut to a shot of him, like, you know, they'd pick a player out in the wall, and he'd like two tampons stuck up his nose, blood all over his face. And we were like, and we kind of were like, oh, well. And we kind of like, we're, you know, it was just funny that he popped up and he was all, all fucked up. And we were like, oh. And we kind of started laughing. And then Dunning went, we obviously shouldn't be laughing at this. And we were like, yes, we shouldn't be laughing. And he's going to go in and get a HIA. But it was a tough start for him. And then, so um, so that was tricky, obviously, getting um, getting bashed by Stephen Archer's head mm. in the warm-up. And then the tampons and the bloody, bloody face. And then the first pass from Nick uh, Nick McCarthy was on on his line and right at his bootlaces. Through his yeah. legs. Through his legs. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> Doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. He did well, to be fair, in the end. But that's a tough start. Yeah. You know, so that, that was what I was going to say, though. So he got a game. He wouldn't have got anywhere near as much exposure from from his experience as Bill Johnson would have got from his, because he had a dominant pack, um, like a lot of experience around him, guys, Cooney inside him, McCluskey outside him. Mm. So he would have got a lot from that, whereas um, Ben Healy would have just been, it would have been like playing an underage team, you know what I mean? He wouldn't have got the same exposure. Yeah, I, I, we, 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 we talked about this quite a lot, and I spoke about it with Eddie as well, and Eddie was, Eddie was saying like on, on, on air when we were reflecting on it, he was like, uh, look, he said, I think if 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 Johan van Graan probably had the benefit of hindsight, he would have said, "Oh, maybe I could have dropped JJ Hanrahan in there, or, or maybe I could have just one or two because Munster were so close, mm. so close. Like Edinburgh went full strength against them, mm. and and only barely squeezed past Munster by two points. So, uh, but the difference is, is that like the fact that Munster have been so strong in the league, you have to back guys. So uh, the majority of those guys would have been involved all the way up to that point. You bring back your internationals for Europe. And then the fact that if if Tyler's got a, if Tyler is, is potentially out and then you have Joey out, if they went and played Tyler, if they went and played JJ in that game and he got an injury, well then Ben, ben Healy has to play in the two biggest season-defining games in Europe. So they had to play Ben Yeah, there. no, fair enough. And Nick McCarthy is... <clears throat> Looks like he's going to be stepping into 
Albie Matthewson's spot now on the bench, so they had to play him. Dan Goggin has been really, really good for Munster all season. Sammy Arnold has to get a chance at some stage. Yeah, Sammy, he hasn't featured much, and he went he went really well last year, didn't he? Mm. Or was it? Yeah, no, it was, it was the, year, the, year, the year before. Oh, yeah. He got a lot more, lot more rugby. But um, yeah, Sam is an absolute warrior. Um, but so like it, it, like it was more highlighted by the fact that that Edinburgh went with their absolute full strength team, and that's that's probably. But I thought like it was a really really shit game of rugby. It was so bad. Um, you know, Munster weren't miles off. You know, mm. yeah. Like you said, they were so close to winning it. They, they probably needed one or two uh, more experienced players to get them over the over the line. But looking ahead to Saris next week, you've got to say it was the right decision to rest as many players yeah, as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, they're they're still top. They're still top of the league. Now they've gotten, a, they've gotten some game time through all those lads and obviously they would have liked to have won it, but you're going to be bringing in a pretty much completely different team now for the, for the back-to-back Saracens games. And they're going to be season-defining for them. So they're going to come back in fresh and say, listen, you do a job for these two games and we're, and we're, we're in pole position now. OK, so going into the Saracens game, I watched them against Bath yesterday and they took them a while to get out of the blocks because mm. um, they brought the pretty much full-strength team back, I think. Um, and then once they did, after about 30 minutes, they clicked and just put a phase a few phases together and Elliot Daly scored in the corner and then it was just like mm. right they're back to the best um, what do they do what do Munster do uh, changing things up from, from last year um, in the semi-final how, how, do, how do they go about business a little bit different to give them a chance I don't, I don't think you can go and look to the semi-final last year you look, you look to what happened to them on Saturday night mm-hmm. so everyone's talking about Munster are trying to be more expansive and if you're trying to be more expansive and if they're putting more of an more of a, an emphasis on, I suppose, unstructured play. Munster struggled against Edinburgh in the in the like the structured kicking game. So like restarts, like they just failed to take restarts. They could not they could not exit out of their out of their own half. Like but the first half, Munster just stayed. This is the, like the strength of that, Munster. Though, like, even though that was very much individual mistakes, like they're definitely going to be different personnel in there uh, from Saturday night to next weekend. Are they comparable? Like. Uh, well, I think a lot of it is going to be your. I understand that you know, Conor Murray. There's going to be a big difference between any scrum half in the world looking looking to exit mm. with with a kick versus Conor Murray. But a lot of it are your systems and how you deal with it. Like, and it was like Edinburgh just Edinburgh didn't create anything against Munster. Edinburgh just kicked the ball to Munster, and Munster couldn't get out of their own half. Now you're going to change it up, but Munster are going to get all of that again. And what I'm saying is. <clears throat> the 14 guys that have been that, that played last Friday night against Edinburgh, they've been there nearly all the time, getting trained by the coaches, you know, get, working on what their strategies are around handling the kicking game and managing it. <clears throat> so if they put an emphasis more on, on the attacking side, as you watch, everyone is sort of saying is that Munster need to spend a bit more time investing on the attack, well then something else is going to suffer, and it's the kicking game. And that's where they suffered against Edinburgh. They couldn't handle the Edinburgh kicking game. And that's what they're that's what they're going to be faced against Saracens. Mm. Now, I I understand like Munster showed a lot of ambition against against Ed, against um, Racing you know, look, looking to offload. They're offloading, you know, they're they're offloading less this season than they were last season. But now they haven't had their their best players back. So when you get your best players back, hopefully you'll start to see that more. Maybe there's more intent. There's definitely they definitely looked that there's they're playing a little with a little less structure. In, in how they're going, it's it's tra- translating that. Like uh, look at looking at Ulster now. <coughs> Ulster, Ulster are one of the top offloading teams in the Pro 14, um, and I think that Munster probably want to get to that, but they're they're actually they're, they're quite they're quite low on it at the moment. The tendency um, is so the the Racing game we saw the best we saw the best version of Munster. Yeah, because Racing kind of set the tone. They said this is the kind of game we're going to see today. Mm. We're going to be thrown out a bite. And it's almost like Munster sort of went, right, well, you know what, we can kind of... (laughs) 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 You know what? Well, shucks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're here then. (laughs) Why don't we just... So they kind of threw it a bite a bit and then it was like they went, right, well, grand, that's the the kind of game it's going to be today. Saracens is going to be totally different and they're going to set a physical, like a a bit of an arm wrestle, a bit of a test match Mm. mentality tone. Mm. And then I'd be interested to see if Munster can say, right, despite that being the way you're going to play, we're going to still try and play sort of rugby that yeah. not necessarily just entertains, but scores tries. Yeah, my uh, my view of Munster over the last few years, I think we we don't come out with an intensity at the start of games that 
is like we finish games really strong, like we've seen over the last two Champions Cup, Cup games. Yeah, yeah. Like massive finishes to get over the line. And uh, we kind of grow into a game or uh, don't take many chances in the first half and just try and slow things down maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the tactic, but that's my view. You've got to say no, because I, I, I can speak definitively mm-hmm. on, on previous seasons. And you're right, we, we were always slow to start. Munster were always slow to start. I can't say... I, I can't speak definitively. It just from I think from the the Ospreys game, it looked like there was a quiet confidence there that we'll get here, but it, it kind of got to panic stations towards the end. And you feel mm. like if they had They're like eighty two minutes going, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> the way, time to score a bonus point. Like, did you ever watch a soccer match like back? Definitely ten years, maybe fifteen years ago. Especially watching Ireland play, and they'd fuck about for eighty minutes, eighty five minutes, and then. Uh, the last five minutes they'd start pouring forward and launching balls into the box and they'd more often than not they'd score and they'd mm. create chances and you're like why don't you do that in the first minute man and uh, I think for me if Munster want to beat Saracens it's they got to go out and play and catch them on the hop make it as difficult for Saracens to get a foothold in the game and start you know it's hard to score against Saracens I'm aware of that like, but start trying to get the, the scoreboard ticking over with kicks with <coughs> drop goals with any way to start start getting scores and trying to get ahead and then stay ahead and frustrate them and make it difficult for them. Because you can't chase the game against Saracens. I think you have to be ahead. Because yeah. mm. yeah. the typical Saracens model is a couple of penalties. If it ends up being like 9-3, 9-6, then Saracens score. And mm. that, that's it. I, I always think the game's gone whenever Saracens go with more than one try ahead. Yeah, well, we, we used to always have that because we used to play a little bit, a slightly similar model a uh, game plan to, to Saracens so when the other team goes ahead against you there's no scoreboard pressure you have to play a little bit more when you sometimes you don't want to play but like I think I think there's is very much you're going to see what what Johan van Graan came out after the Rassingham he said give us time and, and we'll see where we're going from here because we now have all our we have a full cohort of our best players back and I presume that what they want to do they're going to start doing it from there because Looking at statistically, Munster are kicking the ball, I think they kicked the ball almost the second most in the Pro 14. They're one of the lowest offloading teams this season. But I'm sure that there's an intent that they want to move towards. Now we've got our best players, like in the Racing game, I think they might have had 10 offloads in the game. Mm. You know, when they get your best players back in the field, you start to see, well, what way is it going to go from here? I agree with you that Munster have to start strong against Saracens. I think it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. Like, whatever, they, whatever way that that the monster decide that their what their identity is going to be this season i think it's going to they're going to they were probably we're starting to see it in europe because that's that that is their first choice team but they need to start with that straight away they can't mm-hmm. be like i agree with you they can't be like oh we're we're just stuck in the kicking game now as we as we used to be and then go oh shit we're actually behind and then mm-hmm. trying to force it's do or die if they lose on saturday uh they're pretty much out I... <sighs> yeah it's if you lose at home it's obviously tough yeah. um and i think it's are Saracens the the big question to me is are Saracens gonna are they gonna are they yeah, gonna go for it? Yeah. Even, even if they're successful at home and then they go away and they don't if they don't get a win on the road there they're still struggling because they got to go to La Défense yeah and try and get yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Lamour was playing <laughs> La Défense they got to go there and then come here I have I have a question for you um, <clears throat> did you work with is it Sober Sober Dan Sober yeah yeah did I you didn't work with him? No, no I left as he arrived. He was waiting for me to finish, and then he <laughs> yeah. said, "I'll only take that gig." Because uh, he seems to be really highly rated. And, Sounds uh, like it. I know. I know a guy who um, uh, taught with him when he was. Um, uh, I'm hearing saying Dan Sober. He's the one that came from from yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So skills skills coaches his kind of remit, mm. um, and he's really well thought of. Really well thought of amongst yeah, the guys. Like, like, I, a lot of detail, a lot of like small things, like stuff that maybe just gets. Um, swept to the side is not that important whenever you're looking at kind of macro game mm. plans and set piece and you know stuff like just little bits of skill like the sort of stuff you're talking about when you spend time in New Zealand yeah but if you look at it like Ulster or Ryder like trying to see like like what what Dan McFarlane's what is what his vision is for the team <clears> to become like I think look I think they're they're short of being a top top like a side to, to challenge for the European Cup at the moment they're they're going really well they, they need to get stronger they need to recruit but you know they've if you look at the actual age profile through the squad, it's mm. pretty young, and they're, they're you know they're working on their skills. They're one of the, you know, the, I think they're like almost they're nearly at nine offloads per game. 
It, it's pretty impressive, yeah, you, you can, know. You can you can leave out uh, another five or six players out of that team on Friday night and still have a really strong team. Um, Ulster can, oh, yeah. you know, they could have left out Cooney. Uh, McCluskey and him, yeah. McCluskey, Treadwell, maybe second rows it could be uh, yeah. short. but um, They were already missing a lot of guys, though. That looked yeah, like exactly. it was full strength. Yeah, but uh, Fadez, is it? The yeah, Matt Fadez, yeah. What a game he had, man. What a yeah, 13. I think he's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely he's brilliant. He's gone really well. And just I think just, he's just to be clear, man, that's scared, like. My mum would have made a couple of line breaks against that Scarlet. That's team, what right? I thought, right? Because there were so, there's so many youngsters. You in thought my mum would have made. A- <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly Flannery's mum. <laughs> I I thought I honestly thought Ulster were going to turn up and they would hose them easily. Mm. But I gather um, from the, from the Ulster side that they were actually reasonably nervous because because of the the influence of Brad Moore and mm. and a few of the youngsters. Like you potentially could have seen. Scarlet's playing like they were a few years ago whenever oh God, they just it, man. threw it about everywhere. I think that's kind of what, what Ulster were nervous about. A few youngsters who could actually, not big names, but be pretty impressive mm. out there. That's what I thought as well, but that's what they were saying anyway. Well, you can only uh, judge players on what they actually do. and Player man for man, they all had really confident, uh, focused games. Like Balakun hasn't played much rugby at all. He was yeah. man of the match, but unbelievable. He's he's turned around. And then even even in the second half, when 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 Scarlett's obviously got a bollock in at halftime, as I think you mentioned in Cocoms, came out and they they put some phase together. Ulster defended like for their lives. Yeah, kept them scoreless till seventy five minutes and. Uh, just look really comfortable in defence, really good line speed, really good chop tackle. Smashing, smashing guys smashing in defence. Yeah. Kneeling guys, like obviously Jared Payne had a good influence there as well. Mm. Like even just whatever about the defensive shape and making decisions and all, just fronting up, smashing fellas. Mm. I thought they looked really dominant, really up for it. Yeah. Um, and you could have been forgiven for it being not a week where you're up for it. Two big performances the last two weeks and yeah. then two big games coming around the corner yeah. as well. I'll tell you what, Cooney, man, he's leading from the front. Yeah. He is. Like he's got to be in line. He's got to be in the mix, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned Balakun. Mm. He is a guy who I, I think a lot of people just thought he's just rapid, quick, really, really quick, and that's what you might might have said about him a year ago, maybe. Mm. But he seems to have just again. It could be a reflection of being in that environment where you have got sober, mm. adding Jared Payne, adding, and then Dan McFarland, and then obviously Peely as well. Like a lot of good influences. He just seems really experienced. He read the game really well. He. Made Dan Jones. Remember we talked about um, Andy, Andy Farrell talking about telling lies. You know, mm. that? he mm. just made, he just told lies <laughs> to him, and he just tricked him into kicking it where he wanted it, and then he just smashed whoever was there. Looked physical, looked dominant. He looked really good. I thought. Yeah, that's enough. enough. All right, that's enough. We'll move on. Glasgow versus Leinster. You did that one as well. Mm. Um, Leinster equally is, uh, I suppose. A de- not depleted, but it's a, se- a second choice team. You'd imagine starting fifteen. What about um, Rory Jackson's moustache yeah. and mullet? <laughs> pink pink moustache. Yeah, and the and the mullet. Yeah, it was crazy. If man. someone sa- like signs for your team, like an Australian or a Kiwi or something, then they arrive and you're like 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 bossy. Shortly after he arrived, grew his dreadlocks. Yeah, it was mullet dreadlocks, mm. and you're going. Eh, he's obviously a bit eccentric, mm. right? Okay, but that's him. But am I right in saying your man Jackson's been? He's been, he's done the rounds a bit. But he was kind of normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't the sort of fella who grows a pink moustache and a mullet. And then mid-career crisis. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. he's just turned around and said, you know what? He's going to get himself a pair of fake tits or something else. <laughs> 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 just but, a couple of cups up, you know? yeah. <laughs> I, find that, I find the whole thing odd. Just, uh, like he just, Did you see Reese Marshall on Friday night? <clears throat> no, the monster hooker, no. the Kiwi. He looked like uh, some. He looked like a. He looked like your man from like, home, home, home and away. Toad. Toadfish. Toadfish. He had a long mullet. He'd like. He's like neighbors. Chops oh, no. coming down here, and he was like strolling around. I was like, what the "Fuck, Reese, man, looks mental." <laughs> but he's a Kiwi man, so that's yeah. there. That's the way. That's what I mean. Around. You get away with it if you're yeah, from somewhere yeah. else, but if you're like just from Scotland, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going, what happened there? You almost got a hat trick too. Uh, it's good Glasgow side out as well. Um, Glasgow won nearly full tilt, man. Yeah, it could have been uh, like 25 points to three up after 20 minutes. Uh, Peter Horn missing a few kicks and uh, uh, Matt dropped, dropped the ball yeah. on the, on the touchline. <clears throat> um, but saying that, Leinster started a little bit, I don't know, nervous or maybe lack of 
cohesion between the different partnerships in the field and they got quite narrow in defence, but after 20, 25 minutes, they, they grew into it and just took control. That is an unbelievably good synopsis. That was exactly it, man. <laughs> it was exactly as, as I, honestly, I, during, when I'm watching the game, I write notes as I'm going along and that was it. It was like, it was like, geez, the Glasgow are looking pretty sharp here and Leinster are kicking the ball a bit loosely to them and so Glasgow were just going at them from everywhere and got a couple of breaches. They just didn't finish them, you know? And I was like, oh, this looks pretty tough. And then like, I think it might have been 20 minutes or something like that. Just a, a little, uh, I think they turned... Leinster turned the ball over and Adam Byrne made a, made a breach, mm. paid Jimmy O'Brien, got back in, they got, they, got, they got three points. That was the first time they really got into the game. And it was just, the, exact, the story was just Glasgow, just little, little micro plays that were getting them in behind. You know, they were playing expansively, but just not really clinical. And they just sort of left Leinster live in the game. And then Leinster just got back into the mix. And the second half was just all Leinster. It was like Glasgow looked terrible in the second half. Mm. And I was half wondering, is it is this a case of because you know when when Rennie is leaving to go to Australia, are the like they're they're they've been they're in the, they're in a shit position in the league. They needed to win that game desperately, and I, I thought that they would win because I thought they are desperate here. But you, um, I don't know. But maybe the fact that if you've the coach leaving and the players are a little, you know. There's the, there should have been they should have they should have won that game mm. and they didn't. Now credit to Leinster man, they are unbeaten this season. They were they were awesome and I thought like uh, I thought their D again Leinster's D was just so good. They're so disciplined that at the end of the game Glasgow were trying to get we're looking to just get a bonus a losing bonus yeah. point and I'd say there was 21 phases. Yeah, inside Turkey, your, I think I was like 29. Was it? What was it? Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I heard 40. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a round number. Anyway, right? uh, and uh, they, they, there was no, they, they didn't even give off, they didn't give a penalty for offside. They were so disciplined, man. Like to defend inside your 22 for, for 240 phases. <laughs> um, Will Connors, they, smashing they, boys, yeah, isn't they? They yeah. have such a, they've got such a conveyor belt of players yeah, coming sickening. through. Sickening, I hate them. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking annoying. And it, all, it, so we see what you're saying there about uh, Leinster growing into the game. They just, hung tough didn't they mm. and then they got two chances scored two tries before half time and then the game just changed mm. is, is that the way like you don't need to be dominant or if you're going to be dominant you have to be clinical because um, Conor Bryan he's the, he's the yeah. 12 mm -hmm. Jimmy Brown's the 13 isn't yeah. he yeah. he was I thought he looked very much um, uh, like Henshaw I thought he looked like he's in the mould of Henshaw yeah, um, strong boy. Yeah, mm. yeah. And strong we boy. Strong boy. Strong boy. Fine young man. <laughs> Fine specimen. Uh, yeah, Keen Keller coming back from Connacht and uh, finishing getting two tries before uh, before uh, the the end of the first half. Lovely, um, uh, lovely fine defined goatee beard mm -hmm. as well. Fine young uh, boy. Yeah, they were good. Let's were really good. Uh, so. I know. It's almost like, I know. I'm sick. What of are we just talking about Leinster and say how amazing they are because they fucking are. They're 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 quality man. Yeah. Um, I get though. I think Glasgow were a yeah. little bit rudderless. Uh, <laughs> taking yeah. down a little thing yeah. or two. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you you could be right about uh, about that when your coach is leaving. That there there could be something, and I think Stuart Hogg is did give them some sort of I don't know from the back a little bit more confidence or something. I felt him missing might have. Uh, might have uh, left a little bit of a hole there, but they needed to like losing someone like Stuart Hogg, who's the best player Scotland have by a country mile. I don't know. I don't, there needs to be some sort of counterbalance to that. Mm. Like, I don't like Rory Jackson with a pink pink mustache and and that mullet. Like as as good as he is, he's not going to be anywhere near Stuart Hogg's level. So they needed to like almost like as a statement of of ambition. The same you have Bundyaki signing like the, their their marquee player for Connacht signs yeah. for them on a three year deal. That's a statement of intent from Connacht. When Stuart Hogg is leaving leaving the Warriors and then their head coach is leaving, you're like, if I was there, I'd be like, fuck, well, come on, we need we need to we need to make a big signing or we need to mm. show that we're serious about winning. And the the way they played at the weekend looked a little bit to me like as if there was the, they were a bit in disarray, mm. which is. Because I admire, I as much as I despise them when I play, when we when I coach against them, because they were such a hard unit, and I felt like they were, you know, they were so competitive, and they had a real edge to them the way they played, and they played really nice rugby. Uh, I would like to see them. You know, Tommy made the point that it's not great for the Pro 14 that Leinster can send out their second string and beat Glasgow's first team, 
and that Edinburgh send their first their first string to Munster, and Munster put out their second string, and Could you know it, the games are are you know. Leinster win, Munster lose by two points. Mm. It's not good for the league, but it's, or maybe it's maybe it's just that Irish rugby is in a good place yeah. with, with what's coming through. And then speaking of in a good place, Sprout again. Yeah, man of the match. Yeah, he was really good, man. He was. We've yeah. been brilliant for his career. Haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how influential this podcast is. And this, this show is that it that it goes out that we influence that, but he's um, yeah. I thought I thought uh, thought the Kings weren't up to much. Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought Conor Fitzgerald and Caelan Blade again, decent, really good player. I think mm. that they're really well stocked now. Yeah. In terms of having Blade and Marmion, I think some of the other clubs will be looking at going. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, <laughs> like you, as you said, Aki signing. Uh, they were slow to get out of the blocks as well. I think on on, on Saturday night, and mm. uh, the first twenty minutes they're a bit sloppy still. Um, and then Aki scores a, a mall try, which kind of shows the the variation or the you know the variety that he brings to his game and how lucky they are to have him signed for another three years. And that was always a weakness in this game. <laughs> Mauling. <It's> Mauling. <laughs> you know what it is, it. man. Him signing. <clears throat> the key thing there is Connacht won the when Connacht won the Pro 14 a few years ago. I don't think they had any centrally contracted players. And the following year, after winning the league, I don't think they had any centrally contracted players. So if you think of it, Connacht have a budget that's assigned to them from the union. When you win the league, now any of the players whose contracts are, you know, players are going like, well, we won the league, you've got to pay us more money. Or, or when they're on their way to winning the league, they're like, well, look, we're top here, we're going really well. You know, you know a couple of the lads, with it, like Ulton Delan, Matt Healy, Adi Loken, um, Bealham, obviously Henshaw, Marmion, would have all been involved with Ireland. So they would have got a they would have got capped there. So then they're like, well, you know, Connacht now have to have to have to pay those players more to retain them, or else someone like Henshaw leaves. Yeah. And then the following season, then, well, like, what 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 have they actually gotten for winning the league? They yeah. just have a much bigger yeah. wage bill now. All you've done is just advertise how good some of your players yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And now you have to try and retain them. So it's great to see the because because Connacht wouldn't be able to compete with the likes of the French teams that are coming in that want to sign Bundiaki. You know, so for the union to come in and say we're going to support you here and we're going to lock down this guy as a marquee player is really good, and it shows the union are supporting supporting Connacht, because otherwise you like if if he lo- if yeah, he left, they're just man, starting from scratch again yeah, every yeah. year. And um, I hope he's... they go out and they they put out a good team next weekend against Gloucester. Back to back, they're away first game right. Um, last year against Sale, they put out a weaker side over mm. there. And still could have won the game. I hope they, you know, they've got a lot of players coming back. Jared Butler came off the bench the other night again. Mm. Um, I imagine they'll start Carty, they'll start Farrell. Um, Fanga's on fire at the minute. Yeah, Fanga's yeah. been really good. Um, um, yeah, defensively, there's a, there's there's a few things they need to get, they need to get tighter at. Mm. They were like, uh, like the Kings are just uh, Kings are by and large just going to be uh, just really really direct, really really physical. Um, because they're the poorest resourced team in the Pro 14. Like you have to admire how like all of their players are hard. Do you know what I mean? They are tough, physical players, but they shouldn't. They shouldn't beat you. You know what I mean? They shouldn't beat you with with, with magic plays. You know what's coming, and you just got to stop them. And that that was what this was disappointing is that the couple of tries that they got in the first half, the Kings were just pretty much basic. Mm. You know, just runners, boom, and and they scored. So. Um, but I thought, I thought like they mauled well. Jimmy Duffy, the forwards coach, doing a good job there and bringing Bundyaki in. If you watch most of the mall <coughs> tries these days that come in, you'll see the backs joining. You watch Saracens, they always have their backs joining. Um, so Bundyaki joined on the two. He scored on the first one, the second one. He joined at the back. And when the head of the mall got turned, he was at the front of it fighting. Like, you know, it's not that he's just not just a, a guy just trying to get on the ball as a rudder at the back of the mall and score. He was actually fighting at the front of the mall, knocking forwards out of the way. Have you spent any time in any malls? Uh, we used to do one where uh, we'd set one up in the middle of the pitch. Back pitch. Was Back it? pitch. <clears throat> yeah. Kidney had, he loved it. It worked every time. Mm-hmm. Like, um, where Trevor Hasden would just stand and sh- shove yeah. his arse into <clears throat> whoever it was and then I'd have to go in and kind of lock on beside him and probably step on his toe <laughs> and just, <laughs> just look really awkward and set up a mall off a line out in the middle of the pitch and I think we scored some a couple of really important tries mm. 
They do it against. They do that against Gloucester. They did it in the miracle match, and then we did it against Cardiff. I think Quinny scored in another. It might have been two thousand and eight or something like that. But uh, I wouldn't be comfortable in them all. Yeah, I've be, I've been uncomfortable in. Them <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I joined. Uh, I joined a mall when Rory was on the ball, and then I went. All, you know, I kind of. Slid they started up. to get yeah. They started to get fussy about that, didn't they? You had to go on and then kind of mm. gradually make your way forward. And then um, I just I was like, right, I'm in this mall. And I go pumping my legs as hard as I could, and then you just end up. It doesn't it doesn't work for some reason. It didn't work. And then Rory kind of took me aside afterwards and he was like, you can't have to. You can't just go in there mm-hmm. hundred miles an hour. You can't have to feel it. F- yeah, you feel, feel it where, like feel it where the pressure is going, and then yeah. you're trying to work either with it or around it. Like if there's so much pressure coming this way then you might have to try and just quickly get around it. Yeah. If there's not that much pressure here, you might try and just like hold your feet a little bit to allow the pressure to go past and then pivot and yeah, go back around. That's what it. I, I didn't hold me. I fell over, actually, now I think about it. <laughs> I fell over. And then we did um, a 10-man, 11-man line whatever it was, against uh, R4 for Ireland. John Plumtree was um, sorting that out. Remember Plumtree? Mm. And uh, and his whole thing was the wingers were either, either end and then... Whatever way the line out went, Plumtree was giving us the direction before, and he was like, "So we waste you." <laughs> we had to basically just throw ourselves, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, to like protect them for a second to get it set up. So just get trampled. We never actually got to do it in training. Just got trampled by the dirties. Anyway, yeah. uh, there was a couple of uh, Pro 14 player career landmarks made at the weekend. Stephen Archer reached 200 caps for Munster. Uh, he's there a long time. Um, who was there? Was someone at Ulster that had Louis Ludic hundred hundred caps? Uh, the team out. Yeah, and actually he was on the pitch for quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> before anybody else joined. Was him. he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncomfortably so. Oh, oh, he stressed his hamstrings <laughs> for, like, for about five minutes. <laughs> you keep yourself busy. Yeah. Um, it got us talking about um, players that have reached you know, those high numbers of caps and maybe haven't gotten the recognition. Uh, Pat was talking about it beforehand and asked the question, who would we have in mind um, for players that we played with that didn't probably get the recognition but put in a serious shift for the club? Anyone pop to mind, Pete? I have, I have a very good team here. Oh, uh, right. uh, is, this, is this our black and white, is it? Mm, we can do the black and white now. Let's put it in the black and white. I've got one. Have you got a team? I, I might be able to take five just to finish it. <laughs> okay, so um, so so black so this is the black and white section. So okay. so black and white is we gotta pick it an underrated team so they can be just players that maybe we just feel never got the recognition, mm. but we all you always rated them when you played against them with or against them. Can they be like AL players as well as yeah, yeah, yeah. anyone? Okay. Yeah. Who wants to kick it off? We'll ta- give me two minutes to finish my list there. Would you want me to? We'll take a quick break, lads. We'll yeah. be back. It's just your typical underdog. You're you're saying like how they they ripped. I was thinking last of the Mohegan style. I was thinking like Indiana Jones as well. Like where your man tries to rip. I don't know why. That's graphic for Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, he rips the hearts. Cover the heart, Classic. Indy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he didn't. Connacht didn't, didn't cover their hearts. No, they didn't. They should have covered their hearts. Yeah. Should have listened to the advice of Short Rod. <laughs> it's Short Rod, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Connacht didn't have a Short Rod. No. That was it. They had no one to say to cover their hearts. No, Andy Friend should have been on the radio. What? Short Rod ask. All right, welcome back. And it's time to play Black and White. One juicy topic and a big debate. Uh, this week we're going to have the three of us give our starting 15 of players that we played with or against throughout our rugby careers. And these are the players that did not get the recognition that they deserved. Correct? Correct. Okay. This is very interesting. Well, the players that we felt were, were absolute, were really, really good players, but maybe other people wouldn't, the public might have might been, been aware, aware of them. All righty. Um, for a variety of different reasons, I think. Um, I don't mind. I can go if you want. Far away. Yep. Okay, I've gone with Freddie Pucciarello. Good, solid prop. Very uh, wider than he is uh, tall. tall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a rectangle. He's, yeah, yeah. And uh, low percent body fat. Um, <laughs> hard to move. 
and very, very funny. Low also. body, low body fat, but looked fat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually because he was just sort of an odd shape. Yeah. I remember you saying, <laughs> saying once that, it, like, if if there was a burning building and Jerry needed to jump out of the burning building, he'd look out and he'd go, "Hey, you, just stay there," <laughs> thinking he's a really fat person that he'd be able to jump down on, and that'd be quite cushiony. And then he'd jump out the window and jump down and realize that Fetty, even though he looks like he's, he'd be quite cushiony, he was actually quite hard. Mm. He'd end up hurting himself. Perfect analogy. I think, I think at the time it was funnier when he was there and he was he was like looked fatter. Yeah, catch me, fatty. Um, I've got with Dennis Foggs at hooker. Uh, great player, great uh, person to have around the squad. And you've gone for crack mostly. Yeah, because I'm players. I'm useless with front row, uh, so I'll go with crack. Simon Best, who was the first uh, roommate I ever had in Irish camp, and it was very sound, um, and I presume he's good prop as well. Uh, Probably a good crack, is he? <laughs> Lovely fella. <laughs> I've gone with Justin O'Connell uh, in the second row. He was a ca- he's Paulie's older brother, uh, captain me playing with Bowes before I, I played for Munster, and just hard as nails. Uh, probably one of the reasons why O'Connell is O'Connell is because of him. Uh, good, solid older brother. Mick O'Driscoll, uh, partnering him in the second row. Mick O, obviously, put in years and years of effort. I think he played to Munster until he was in his mid to late 50s. Uh, <laughs> Me and Tommy uh, started a rumour in uh, Ireland camp <laughs> that we walked in on him having phone sex with his missus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lads. <laughs> That's not true. Well, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I've got him in a back row of Barry O'Mahony. Uh, oh, who, fuck. Great call. Uh, I've, got, I've thrown him in six because I want Niall Ronan at seven. Uh, Nyler and Baz, two of the most skillful players uh, I ever played with, and also Craig Crack. I've got him with <laughs> Xavier Rush at number eight. Great shot. He was such a bollocks to play against. Ulster signed him, and then he pulled out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. We got. Um, Pedri instead, Pedri Vandenberg instead. Oh, bum deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Xavier Rush, Pedri. Sorry, yeah. I don't know who, who you are, but Xavier Rush was just very difficult to play against. Just relentless, playing with Cardiff. He was kind of their stalwart for years. Any got, crack? I don't know. Never never chatted to him. I've gone at nine, Fieco Lachlan, who played uh, Irish 21s with me. He's now a uh, uh, Monster Development Officer. He works at the academy. Uh, ridiculous player underage. Probably mm. the best player. Like One of those guys that you think is going to be guaranteed play for Ireland and for one reason or another didn't Barry Keishan at number 10 who played 10 for Dolphin for years mm. also yeah, yeah. Or, and, and also <coughs> serious or, boot man isn't yeah he? anytime like when uh, when JJ was kicking that ball last week in Thorne Park I just think back to any Munster 21's days or, or underage playing with Barry Keishan it was like <coughs> you'd close your eyes and be like please kick this and he would always fucking kick it one of those freaks uh, I've got my Dowling on the wing we always know how important was to our to our monster squad and quite an incredible professional. Gone for crack as well. Uh, yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, There's a difference in crack and just like playing like. <laughs> uh, and very good teammate, very good, very reliable. Keith Matthews, twelve for Connacht, uh, and played with him with Bowes and 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 Munster on the way up. Uh, very solid guy. Look, had my back as a partnership. <clears throat> 13 have gone with Regan King. Oh, uh, great, great call. Did he get capped for the All Blacks? Uh, yeah, I think he did. I think he got one. one. I think he got one. If he was an Irish 13, he would maybe not because the risk was there. <laughs> but he'd have played 12. They'd have played him anywhere. Yeah, played yeah. Just get him on the field. He played like, with his son at Scarlet's there. That's mm, right. A couple of years ago. Right? What's his son like? I don't know. Don't know. One crack, he made the crack 15. One cap, one try for the All Blacks. Yeah. What a player, man. Every time I play against him, I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy is a mid What about when we were playing with Munster years ago and we we were so stuck for backs that Declan Kidney started playing the forwards and the backs? He put David Wallace in the wing and he put Leamy at centre. Yeah. centre, And we, we, we played Scarlets and Regan King was just running at Leamy and just holding the ball and spinning <laughs> it in his finger. And Leamy was like, oh, I get the ball there and jump. And he's like, oh, Regan King's made another fucking line break. And they were like, oh, they're going to play John Hayes at fullback. <laughs> so they the actually fuck? pigged him over me in the centre. <laughs> <laughs> put me fullback. I was like, I've never played fullback in my life. And they were like, you're, you're too small. Just stick you in the back. And they put Levy in the centre. It was oh, a man. Day. 
That is mental. Yeah. Are you there, Liam? Watch out for the spinny ball thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's spinning the ball on his finger. Uh, I've gone on the wing, on the other wing, uh, Malzieu. 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 <laughs> Julian Malzieu. Uh, winger for Claremont. Crack. Uh, I've no idea, but the hardest human being on the planet to tackle. Strange career. Came up, burst on the scene, was unbelievable for about a year and a half. Disappeared for two, three years, came back and was unbelievable again, yeah. and then disappeared for good. Yeah. Weird, what? weird career. Yeah, so French. He looked so thin and tall that you'd be like, oh, he's not going to do much damage, or he's not going to do that. And then he'd hit you a slap of a hand off, and he just, you'd, you'd be gone five yards back. He was a freak. And I've gone with Ben Blair at 15. Uh, he was the fullback for Cardiff and was just very solid for them for a good seven or eight years. I don't know if he was ever capped for the All Blacks. He was, was yeah. He? That's, a, that's, a, that's a solid team. Regan King's very good. Give us, give us your team. Okay, I've gone for Tom Court at uh, Loosehead. Um, he's a lion. Um, he was accused of uh, getting that accolade just because he was on holidays. Australia <laughs> 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 at the time. <laughs> uh, um, great fella. Is it like a spell. holiday package where you can like go on, go on tour <laughs> yeah, and you can play yeah. for the Lions and stuff like that? He played a premium. I think if you fly business class, then you get put into the draw <laughs> for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, for me, um, Rob Herring at Hooker because he's been in Rory's shadow for a while and I think we're going to see the best of him this year. Um, <laughs> Peter Bracken. Uh, at uh, Tighthead, the scrum doctor. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. I remember we were playing. Um, not very coordinated. This won't. Um, <laughs> this won't be the reason why he's in my team. Okay, we were playing one touch, like um, football one touch, and <laughs> he tried to like touch it here, and whatever way he did it, he like crossed over his leg and just collapsed. <laughs> 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 so, he, he was he was playing for Connacht one day. We played one of those the you know the festive derbies. And we went up to play Connacht, like, uh, I, think, I don't know, was it 2006 or something like that? And Brax had played for Munster. So we were, <coughs> we were trying to get into it. I think Quinny was, Quinny was kind of mouthing at him a bit like that. And there was a bit of a fight. And everyone just started, ah! and everyone just, there was about six of us pushing, all pushing Brax from different <laughs> angles. <laughs> like, I'd push him, he turned around to me, and I'd kind of move around. Someone would go, oh, shut up, Brax, fuck you, fuck you. And, and next to me, he just went, <laughs> and we all came out, <laughs> Back to half. Yeah. He, he's a bit of a character. His younger brother, Eamon Bracken, did you ever come across him? No. no. played 21s with him, and they set up this, um, this an episode of MTV Cribs at um, the Marion Hotel in Dublin. Someone knocked on his door, and he goes, Ah, MTV, I wasn't expecting you till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> got into character. Uh, anyway, uh, second row, we've got Al O'Connor. Um, I... I think he's underrated. Um, at five, I've got Matt Mustin. Do you remember this guy? Mm. Yeah. Um, was class for Ulster, then moved to Edinburgh and then started turning off for Edinburgh. Matt? Who? Matt Mustin, I think his, his name was. We called him Chops. <laughs> I think it was Matt Mustin. Matt, Matt Mustin used to, was a no. winger who played for, uh, an Aussie winger who played for Ireland years ago. That's, no. That's who I'm definitely thinking of. Yeah, Matt Mushin. Anyway, um, honourable mention for the, what do you call the second row in Connacht that played really well the year they won the league and then went to Grenoble? Ali McDowney. <clears throat> he could potentially get Very, very good footballer. Yeah. Um, uh, six, I've got Chris Henry. Um, very underrated. Honourable mention for Nal Ronan. Sorry, he's at seven. Uh, <laughs> Willie Falloon. Oh, yeah. oh, yes, yes. Good player. Yeah, he's mm. hard, man. Uh, tough, really tough. Just a little bit small, I think. Who have I got at eight? What does that say? Oh, uh, Shane Jennings, <laughs> playing out oh, of position, yes. but underrated. Yeah, um, I've got um, Duncan Williams at nine, because I played schools with Duncan Williams, and everybody, he was a year young, and everybody was talking about Duncan Williams, how class he was going to be, mm. he was going to be the next best thing. Uh, and they just kind of got injured, and he actually only kind of came through really towards the end of his career. Mm. Anyway, um, uh, Johnny McPhillips just got chopped from Ulster last year, but very good 10. Is he gone? Uh, yeah, he got well. I don't know if he got chopped or uh, he's at Leicester now. Oh, really? Um, but he could do well. He could do very well. Mm. Um, uh, for a couple of reasons, my, my bo- both of my wings are um, Alid Brew and Nathan Brew. Only because I don't know which one's which. <laughs> 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 so, so I put both of them in. Honorable mention for Fionn Carr, uh, who was ridiculous for Connacht for a few years, mm. a wee period of time. Uh, Paddy Wallace at 12 the, not because he's underrated but just because he's so so talented I remember we were out one night and we were slagging Paddy saying 
you could not have got fewer caps if you tried. <laughs> 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 he's so talented. Mm. Um, but anyway, Nick DeLuca, remember him, the Edinburgh yeah, yeah, Centre? Yeah. He used to tear it up. He used to torment Ulster. Um, Nick DeLuca, he just sticks with me as a guy in the Pro um, 12 it was back then. Mm. He just kind of never really kicked on, but he was class for Edinburgh. Um, oh, um, honourable mention for uh, Ian Whitten, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, this is a weird one as well. You probably won't remember this guy. Williams, the 15 for Treviso. Um, yeah, I do remember him. Yeah, short, the Aussie. Stunt. Yeah, yeah, Aussie. Aussie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ridiculously good feet. Yeah, he was in, they played Munster. He played, uh, Benetton Treviso uh, were playing Munster in the European Cup. I think he was on the piss in town the night before and then he got like, <laughs> I think he, he potentially got man in a match in the European Cup the next day. Oh, yeah. He was unreal. So you're saying he was on the, I think he was on the piss quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where um, they would select him, and then if he happened to be a boy, he would play. <laughs> Man, he was, yeah, he was just get him in the team. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what was his name? His name is Someone Williams. Williams. What was Brent, it? Brendan Williams. Brendan Williams. Brendan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Feet, man, he's Ridiculous. stepper. He was a brilliant player. Brilliant yeah. player. Anyway, that's my 15. That's a, uh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Well, I've gone nice. with ones. Nice. Mine is going to be a little bit more guys that I played with, and I struggled, like Marcus Horn. Everyone knows him. The guy got 70 caps, so you're like, he's oh, not really... But you're right, though. You're right. Yeah. I don't think... Uh, yeah, anyway, just your team. So I went with Les Hogan, who played with Shannon and Munchens. As Lou said, my hooker was David Blaney. I don't know if you know him. The Blaney's all played with Terenure, and he was my age group when I played, <coughs> like, in schools rugby, and he was phenomenal. Really, like, quite, quite, quite thin, you know, quite thin for a hooker but was just a really, really good footballer. All the Blaney's were outrageous, outrageously mm. good rugby players. Just like... And good at cards. <laughs> Very good at cards. Good at poker and rugby. <laughs> Tight head, Simon Best. I thought he was a really good player. And I think the only reason he's underrated is probably because his career ended so early that people didn't realise how good he was. Because he had heart issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Hayes was, my, was one of my locks. He was a fucking brilliant player. Mick O'Driscoll at five... Uh, Phone sex. <laughs> uh, six was Shane Jennings. I thought he was a really, really good player. Just I hated playing against him all the time because he was so consistent and niggly himself and Leo always hated playing against them because I knew they'd show up. You know, some of the Leinster lads when you played them back in the old days before they became fucking animals. You'd be like, these guys won't show up. But Leo and, Shane and Jeno always showed up. Niall Ronan at seven, incredibly skillful, brilliant player. Uh, at eight, I went with John O'Sullivan. Do you remember John O'Sullivan? Yeah. Um, played When I played, I, I picked him at eight. He played a lot of six when he was at Munster and seven when he was at Munster. But he, when I played with Connacht, he was phenomenal, man. Mm. He was like such, he was so such hard. Yeah. Um, nine is... Uh, Chris Keane, he's got a head like a melted welly, <laughs> but, and he can't really pass the ball either, so controversial, but very good at a pick and go. For a scrum half. Yeah, yeah, loved, loved pick and go. Um, very, very ugly. Um, <laughs> ten, Jeremy Staunton. Spiky. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was like, he was the, the ninja man. Ninja, when I was, there was a year that I played under 20s rugby, and Jeremy was playing had come out, was captain of the Irish club team, was playing for the Irish 21s team, playing for the Irish A team and the Irish senior team in the one year. In the one season, he just went all the way up through the teams. I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. He was one of the most talented players I've ever come across. On, the, on my left wing, I'm going to go Ted Robinson, this guy I played with in Connacht. Mm, on the yeah. most dedicated warrior you could ever play with, man. He was an animal. Uh, Dave Quinlan from Black Rock played with Leinster played with Northampton at 12 just boom just uh, so physical uh, Baz you made it at 13 Ian Dowling why why why, why? you made it yeah. <laughs> uh, I just think that you were one of the best 13s I played with uh, I feel like you did not realise your potential in your career whatsoever um, I'm not having a go at you I'm just saying no, I, I uh, for, for that that 2006 year when you came into the Munster team when Mike Mullins tore his, tore his Achilles tendon, you were just ripping teams apart. I remember we played Leinster on New Year's Eve and we lost, but you were marking Drico. And you, I remember like, there was one said you were turning him inside out, but you kind of didn't back yourself to just carry 
but I thought you, I thought you were a phenomenal player. So you should take that advice on board with that career that ended 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for telling me this now. Uh, Dowling um, on the right wing, just unbelievably consistent, brilliant trainer, just a, a brilliant guy to have in a squad. And then 15 was Cormac Dowling, who I played with the Irish schools, and he had to retire. He didn't get to play professional rugby properly. He, he did his ACL a couple of times, but he was incredible, incredible. Who gets the 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 pint of Guinness for that? <coughs> Rugby just gets the pint of Guinness. Yeah. Yeah, well, we just give you all one and just throw Flaz's name up on the board and Yeah. Oh yeah, his name isn't even on the board. <laughs> Flag gets his first pint of Guinness. Pint of Guinness. And we'll get the chalk out and get him on the board. Right. My my team is obscure, but I was happy with it. Great, great, very, okay. very enjoyable. Thank you. Okay, a huge thank you to everybody for listening and to those of you on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Uh, cheers to everyone that was involved in organising the show this week, to Pat, to Anthony, to Paul and to Fiona. This has been Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on. Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.